Hello, and thank you for listening to the Hilariously Unemployed Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Duckworth, also known as Speak Up Dana or The Big Speaker. My goal with this podcast is ultimately to get someone hired. I know all too well the impacts of unemployment and layoffs. My guests and I hope to provide insights and resources that will support someone in gaining their next opportunity. You can support the hilariously unemployed and those who are impacted by layoffs or unemployment by giving this podcast a five-star review or sharing it with someone who's hiring or hilariously unemployed. I hope that you enjoy the show and find some laughter in the midst of your trials. Hey, so hello and welcome back to the Hilariously Unemployed. I am your host and favorite opportunity seeker, Speak Up Dana, aka the big speaker. What's going on, y'all? I know we had last week off. I hope that you miss me, but not too much. This week we are back. And last week we were off with great reason. My guest actually got the job. I was so, so excited for her. She said, I start on Thursday. I said, girl, don't worry about me in this little piece of podcast. Go and do your job. So she is now gainfully employed. No thanks to our podcast, but still, we're going to celebrate that she has a job. I'm so, so excited about that. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you notice that I was doing a lot of traveling last week. So it actually worked out perfect for me because I really needed to be in the moment as a speaker um, and not really focus on what I needed to do after speaking. So it works out for the best for both of us. But anyway, some things that I'd like to highlight this week. It has been doom and gloom here in Virginia. The weather has been nasty and I have definitely been dealing with some seasonal depression over the past two days. I've been kind of nonverbal, y'all. And I told y'all I lead with transparency and like to tell my business. So that's what happened to us big speakers (laughs) who speak all of the time. Sometimes we lose our words. For me, that's really a way that depression or sadness kind of creeps up in me. And I know um, when I don't have anything to say that something's amiss. So I'm happy to say that this morning I woke up and was ready to go and so, so excited and happy. Even though it's still raining outside, I had so much to look forward to today and my mood is back on the mend. So watch out. All of this energy is going to be coming y'all's way today, okay? I could not be contained. I'd also like to take a moment to highlight a nonprofit that I am in love with. I'd like to highlight the 2911 Project. And what they do is provide rooms of hope for children or families that are transitioning out of difficult seasons like homelessness. Rooms of hope are fully furnished bedrooms designed specifically for the children to bring them hope and the reminder for a brighter future. To support this amazing nonprofit and learn more, you can visit them at the 2911project.org. All right, so let's get to the reason why you are really here. It's time to talk about some hilariously unemployment stories. Of course, provide some strategies, tips, and tricks for those who are in search of their next opportunity. I'd like to welcome my remarkable guest. Um, She is in support of that mission that I have to hopefully get someone hired through this podcast. So joining us is Eustacia English, an entrepreneur, a career branding coach, and a senior director specializing in community and belonging with a focus on DEI, which y'all know I love, CSR, and ESG initiatives. Please welcome to the stage. Eustacia, Eustacia, correct me, please. Get me together. Dana Dane, don't do that. (laughs) I told you. Thank you, (laughs) everybody. Say your name, sis, because I told you uh, this week has been weak. English, but what I didn't tell you, Dana Dane, is I go by Stacy. So if that's easier for you, we can do that. You, Stacy, it works for me. I just wanted to be sure that I was saying it in the right way, but Stacy is also very beautiful. So thank you for correcting me when I was wrong, child. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so very excited to have you here. Our discovery call was one that was full of giggles and gasps. Um, We have a lot in common and we're also very, very hilarious. So buckle up, audience. This one's going to be good. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) So Stacey, first things first. Have you ever been hilariously unemployed? Just so y'all know, I know I told y'all she has a job, but... uh, She still has some amazing perspective that she can offer you all because of her career experience. Yeah, I've been unemployed twice, Mm. two times, once in 2007, Mm -hmm. once in 2019. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. The 2007 job market was very similar to what is happening right now. So it was trash. So Got it. it. Pretty much. And mm-hmm. so when I was unemployed in 2007, it was like the end of the world. I was like, me? Late all? Like me? Of all people? <laughs> and I'm like, what? what's, what's going to happen? Mind you, this is the first time, right? I'm like, what's going to happen? I got to pay bills. It's the first thing I thought of. Got this new apartment because I was young and cute and got my own apartment and started living on my own. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Devastated. Devastated. It took me six months to find a job at that time. Wow. So again, very similar to what is happening right now. And then in 2019, it was a bit of a different situation, another layoff, but then I found a job in three weeks. You got to think about it. The years have gone by mm-hmm. and I had started developing and building relationships and keeping those relationships. And that's how I got a job so quickly in 2019. Yeah. And so yeah, anybody who's been unemployed, you know how hard it is, particularly right now to find a job. You go through all types of emotions. You're devastated. You're sad. Part of me was embarrassed because Mm -hmm. when I would go to networking events, the first question people would ask, well, what is it that you do? Uh, Well, nothing right now. Like, (laughs) stop asking. (laughs) Nothing. I'm I'm looking for a job. (laughs) But it's so not true. I think I've been struggling to answer that question as well. Somebody yesterday, I was in a meeting for um, our apartment association that we have here in Virginia yesterday. And um, a guy who I've been on this committee with was like, oh, Dana, by the way, what do you do? And I was like, uh... I speak, I facilitate, I coach, I podcast, I I do a lot of things. A lot of the times, I don't really know what I would say it is. <laughs> I don't have an overarching theme. Just know that I be doing stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I know that. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, life has been lifing. And me and Stacey were supposed to get together before this episode because yeah. she going to help me create a resume and mm-hmm. and that I, didn't happen yeah I didn't do that so I'm a little bit in trouble and that's okay and maybe had we done that I would know what it is that I do um <laughs> that part I don't do I don't know I do life okay I do it really well and very happily how about that that works it's <laughs> my brain you know, goes. funny funny not funny because finding a job is a job in itself mm. employment right and so after I got past all of those emotions, the frustration of figuring out how to file for unemployment and why I'm not getting these checks from unemployment and why the check is not matching up with what I was making. After I got through all of those emotions, I was like, you know what? Suck it up and come up with a plan, right? And so first things first, did my resume, started reaching out to former coworkers, mm-hmm. agency, headhunters became my best friend. I'm like, what you got? Because I need to work. Here's my resume. Let's talk, right? Mm-hmm. Started applying to different jobs. And that's also when I think I had got on LinkedIn probably around 20, uh, 2006. Okay. But I wasn't utilizing it. That's when I started util- utilizing LinkedIn and really connecting with those hiring leaders mm-hmm. who I was applying to because I targeted specific companies that I wanted to work for. I wasn't just applying to anything because I just I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But started connecting with those leaders at those companies via LinkedIn and building my network. I talked to everyone that worked for those companies and it, it it worked out great. Again, it took, remember that first time it took six months, Yeah. Um, but building those relationships during that process was amazing. Like they're, they're people who I'm still in contact with today. So from that aspect, mm-hmm. it worked out. But how I ended up finding a job was through an amazing headhunter, lover to death, and she's the one who helped me find a job in New York. Wow. Okay. So you said a couple of things that I want to go back to. One was you felt embarrassed. Can we unpack the emotion that you felt the first time versus when it happened the second time? Were you Did you feel less embarrassed? Did you feel more equipped, of course, because you had gone through it before? What were your emotions there and how were they different? Yeah. Very good question. That first time being embarrassed because it was the first time. Like Mm -hmm. I've heard of other people losing their jobs Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, but not me. Like me, I think very highly of myself. Yeah, same sis. (laughs) Me of all people. And so I was used to going to those events and speak. That's the first thing I would talk about is my job and what I do and the Mm -hmm. impact that I make. And so to now go to those events, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't have a job. 
that's where that embarrassment mm-hmm. set in. Mm-hmm. But the second time around, I'm like, it's life. Life happens. This is what happens. I've seen it all of those years through other organizations. I'm like, this is what it is. I'll find something. I wasn't too concerned at that point. And then also the difference was because I was older mm-hmm. and more responsible, mm-hmm. I had savings. Yeah. That first time around, I was just spending money on pocketbooks and shoes and this, that, and the other. So there was nothing <laughs> But second time around, I was more prepared. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so another thing you said is headhunters. And as long as I've been in my professional career, people all the time are like, headhunters are always in my inbox. Child, they never in mine. So how can I find them? Where do I set up my Tinder profile for headhunters so they can be on the lookout for me? Are we a perfect match? Do they need to swipe right? What's good? Excellent question. And let me tell you, I don't like social media, but LinkedIn is where it's at. Like, this is where I live mm-hmm. and breathe, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And so the old days, back, I'm back in the day, like, I'm so old, I'm like, <laughs> take us back to the time. Right. What people used to do is walk in said agency, right, and go actually talk to people in said agency. Here's my paper resume. Can you help me back in the day? Wow. That's different. Like, social media has made things so accessible and so easy. Mm-hmm. And so now it's a click of a button. You do a quick search in that little search box in LinkedIn or any type of agency within your industry. They will all pop up. Mm-hmm. All of them. I've been Take hustling backwards. Okay. Thank you. Person <laughs> and reach out to that person. <laughs> uh, community of hilariously unemployed people, aka hilarious. Did y'all hear that? What she said? Because I definitely have never done that. So go ahead and put that in y'all search box. Not during the show, because I want y'all to pay attention. But after. <laughs> All right. So can you share? a little bit of insight into your career journey because we know you've been hilariously unemployed before but there's been a theme of you connecting others with their roles throughout all of that time so let's dig into that yeah and this this is funny so when I started working at 14 yeah 14 white castle my little uniform and it was just me Flipping these little teeny tiny White Castle burgers. I was so bored. I'm like, yeah, I'll get my first paycheck. I can actually buy my own stuff. I don't have to ask my parents for anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, I need my friends here. <laughs> what I would do, I go to school the next day. Like, hey, y'all want to come work at White Castle? And <laughs> like, well, no, not really. We have sports and this, that, and I'm like, I have sports too, but like, let's go to work. Mm-hmm. And so once they agreed, then I would go to my boss, like, hey, I know we're looking for a new fry person. Can can I have a friend? Can can I have them come up and talk to you? Wow. Absolutely. They would come up. And so what ended up happening, because the White Castle was right across the street from my high school, ended up having six friends work with me, and all because I just didn't want to be bored at work and I didn't want to be there by myself. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> how, it's so funny how things come full circle. That's how my, I, I guess my recruiting world mm-hmm. started at 14 years old, because after that, every job that I went to, I brought my friends with me. We opened 16 Target stores on the East Coast, me and my friends. And that's when I started working in HR um, throughout high school slash college. Mm-hmm. And again, I was like, mm. I don't want to be bored here. Like you other people, you're nice, but I, I really want my friends here. Yeah. And so come on up, come apply. They would meet my boss and, and they all worked with me. I could and cry so- knowing that I was not your friend at the time when you were at Target, because if you know anything about me, you know that I am obsessed and 90% of my clothing comes from Target, but it's fine. Girl, we're friends girl. now. If you ever decide to go back. <laughs> but what's crazy is, so building on that for me in 14 and just wanting to work with my friends because I didn't want to be bored. Mm-hmm. People then started coming to me as I evolved in college and I actually majored in human resources. They started coming to me about, well, what should I put on my resume? Tips on finding jobs and asking me about well, what should I do in this interview? So I started telling them like the type of questions they should ask during the interview, how to research the company. We even talked about salary negotiation. This was early in my twenties. I'm 44 now. Mm-hmm. And so I did all of that. And here I am again now, years later, 20 plus years later, 
in the field that I just thought was child's play at 14. Wow. So you have been recruiting and career coaching since you was flipping tiny burgers down to the White Castle. That is an impressive thing to learn your niche and what it is that you can do to serve others so early on. I just figured this out, what I could do to serve others a few years ago um, by way of telling my business in hopes that they feel comfortable in spaces and the space is inclusive. But like to know what it is that you are gifted at. I mean, granted, it started out a selfishness. Like you, 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 you didn't want to be bored, and that's fine. Right. But it is very impressive to know that you were really cultivating a space of, hey, you want a job? I, I want you to have a job, even if you don't want a job. Come here with me, and that's kind of mm-hmm. followed you throughout everything that you've done in your career, even when you've had roles outside of recruiting, retaining talent. Um, it's still been a theme in your life. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's also how and why I started my side hustle. So during the pandemic, again, it's the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Everything's closing. People are working from home. People are losing jobs. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And I had that's when I wrote my first blog about finding a job in the pandemic. That's when I started my business during the pandemic, Resumes on Demand, mm-hmm. and started writing resumes for people for free. Because I'm like, what What else am I going to do at this point? You know, so let, let me help people at that point. It, mm-hmm. It's the pandemic. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so started doing that. And then my business has evolved to where now I, I don't only do resume writing, but also do the career coaching piece as well and all the things that come with that. So why resume writing for free? Because I get these people in my inbox that are like, hey, we like to do a free resume. Why? What is the, I guess, what fulfillment does that provide you and the people who decide to do that as something that's just really a giveaway? Let, let me let me let me clarify. Mm-hmm. I don't do it for free now. <laughs> I, did, I did it for free then. Pretty and paid. Y'all know that's the theme here. Okay, we're gonna get you what you're worth. <laughs> no, at the time, and, and 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 all jokes aside, for people who are unemployed, if they come to me, I, I still do their resumes for free now because I remember what it was like to be unemployed, and I needed to eat. So if I if I need to eat. Or pay for a resume, I'm going, I'm going to eat, right? Well, so for yeah. those who are unemployed, I still do that um, because it's not about the money for me. Like, mm-hmm. I always think about the time that I didn't have a job and the struggle that I went to that first time around. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people feeling like that. So whatever I can do to help in that sense, I will do. Absolutely. That's because you're an amazing person. Okay, so when we first talked, you told me about the fact that you felt like you just kind of had to take whatever was coming your way when you were on that job search and how you were uh, commuting very long. So tell me about your experiences and what really shaped your perspective on the job market in the areas of New Jersey and New York specifically. Oh my gosh, life was truly lifing. I didn't know that the meaning of life was lifing then, mm-hmm. but I know now. Yeah. And like I said in the beginning, the job market in 2007 was very similar to what it is now. And so I was working in Philly, corporate America, and obviously I was going to look for work in Philadelphia. I'm like this is this is where I am. This is the market that I know. And excuse me, mm-hmm. all the roles that I was applying to, the people that I were uh, I was networking with and meeting with, nothing really stuck in the Philly area. So okay. I'm like, oh my god! And so talking to one of the headhunters, she's like, have you thought about branching outside of Philadelphia, maybe like DC, New York area? And immediately I was like, no. <laughs> Why would I do that? No. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, but I have some opportunities. I'm like, okay. And so she started talking to me about opportunities in New York. The other issue at the time, too, the roles that I was finding and she was finding for me within that Philadelphia area were not within the current salary that I was making. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to go backwards. Like, yeah. like, like, absolutely not. And so I'm like, all right, let me try this. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. The worst that happened is I don't get a job in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So started interviewing with several companies in New York, got three offers, like almost immediately when we just changed, transitioned to the, the New York wow. world. 
And I'm like, oh my God. So what do I do? So again, she's the one, she coached me. She was like, well, pick one. You know, having three offers is a good problem to have, Mm -hmm. but you have to make a decision of what you want to do. And so I ended up picking an organization. I, I, I had got laid off from a law firm found a law firm in New York. This is what I know. And so let me, let me try this in New York. Mm-hmm. It was more money, but I live in South Jersey. So how am I going to get there? Cause I'm not driving and I'm terrified mm-hmm. of driving to New York. Like that's just not going to happen. Okay. And so what I ended up doing was taking the bus. Wow. Every single day, just so I could make ends meet and pay my bills. The money was phenomenal. Okay. But the wear and tear. So I wake up at three in the morning to get on the bus at four in the morning to get to work by eight o'clock. No, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. Only to get home by 9 p.m. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. I'm like, oh my God, I really love this job. I really did. I Mm love the job. Mm -hmm. But I was like, you know what? This is a lot. And so obviously I'm still looking for something closer to home. But in the meanwhile, I'm going to grind and do this. And I did it for 11 months. Mm, that's a long time. Did you consider moving closer to? Never, never, okay. I never. I, what I ended up doing is staying with a friend. God bless him. Is he on here? Let me see. He's not on here. But I ended up staying with a friend um, in Times Square, his company paid for an apartment in Times Square. And so that's where I live. Nice. And I stayed with him for a long time. And so the company was like, mm, budget cuts, we can't stay in this little <laughs> $6,000 apartment. Sheesh. Um, so you have to go back to commuting, commuting. And I'm like, mm, this is January. I'm not doing that. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got to do what we got to do, but that was a lot to have to do. So what you had to do, child, like I couldn't imagine that commute um just the 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 taxing on your body physically and then mentally um I thought you were taking like car services or driving because driving because I was gonna say oh I know that commute ate that money right on up but you were taking the bus so economically you probably were still getting to the bag but I know you had to be worn down and defeated yep yep I was and you know what's also interesting too Again, the market was very similar to where it is now Mm -hmm. people are losing jobs left and right hundreds of people at a time the thing that was a bit discouraging is when I would go to interviews and the interviewer was like, well, you haven't worked in X amount of months. Hmm. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I've I been know. trying to. So what you mean? I watch the news. Like, do you not know what's going on in the world? And that has changed me in my perspective as a recruiter yeah. when it comes to job what what people would consider quote-unquote job hoppers or Mm -hmm. people who have gaps in employment I don't care yeah you have a gap in your employment I don't care life happens people lose jobs people quit jobs for various reasons Mm -hmm. they may be taking care of a family member they may be in a toxic work environment they just don't want to do it anymore and they need a break yeah and so if people have gaps in employment please don't don't let that discourage you if you have a gap in your employment because it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter if you have the qualifications and the background to do the job. Mm-hmm. Do not let that discourage you at all. Thank you so much for saying that, um, because a lot of people do feel like, oh, no, I got to stay at this job for three years because I don't want my resume to have that gap in it if I can't get anything right away or I can't leave this organization until I have another role. And recently I've seen people stepping away from organizations without <laughs> another role just because it's like, hey, my mental health and well-being is much more important to me than that. Um, but you may not be, you may be, you know, one of few recruiters that feels that way. Do you think that your feeling or your lens on this is one that is kind of universal to recruiters right now? And what is the current state of recruiting? Because sometimes they might just be winging it, child. Um, some of my guests have had some smoke for recruiters. I'm not here to get anything started, but I will. Vroom, vroom. Um, we're going to talk about ghosting as well, because it's like, why you didn't call me back? Why you didn't tell me I didn't get the job? What's, what's going on? So let's talk about the current state of recruiting. Tell, tell me what's the tea. What's going on with them, them folks? You know what? Leave us alone. Okay? <laughs> listen, listen, listen. There are way more candidates than there are jobs available. Mm-hmm. If y'all look on LinkedIn, right, and you apply for said job, 
you will be one of 3,229. Tell me about it. I hate that it even tells you that because you already like, well, (laughs) that ain't going to be the one. Can't stand seeing that, they, and they just added that like recently because I wasn't seeing it before. But I'm like, yeah, this is terrible. it's recent like, to make you know, us feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, with recruiters quote unquote winging it, what I really think it is, it, it it might appear that way that some recruiters are winging it, and for those who might be doing that, it's more so coming from inexperience, okay. right? Mm-hmm. You have people who maybe new in the field, this may be their first recruiting job. So they're learning and they have to do it fast because there's so many candidates and hiring managers want you to fill these positions ASAP. Yeah. Right. And so it's more so coming from inexperience. But then you have seasoned recruiters who, again, this time is crazy. You're overwhelmed now with those 3,279 candidates, right? Yeah. For one job. And you need to get through those candidates. Do you think the recruiters are going to look at all of those resumes? Definitely not. But how can I get them to look at mine and my folks? (laughs) And and here's the thing. So a recruiter who truly cares, and I say this all the time, and and everyone who has ever worked with me, who has reported into me, they know how I feel about the candidate experience. Like, don't play. Mm -hmm. Because and I'm, again, speaking from experience and what I've gone through as a candidate, I've, I've been through some great experiences and some horrible experiences, and I don't want people to go through that. So a recruiter who truly cares, and this will kind of go into, I know we're going to talk about ghosting a little hmm. bit later, mm-hmm. but a recruiter who truly cares, they will work hard for you to make sure that you get the job, mm. truly, right? But the situation where you have one job and 5,000 candidates is very difficult. And so for job seekers, you really want to make sure that your resume has those keywords that that ATS system is going to pick up. Yeah. Okay. You you really want to do that because a lot of times people think that the recruiters are the ones that are automatically rejecting candidates. We're not. It's the system. Okay. It's the system. It's mm-hmm. not us. It's mm-hmm. the system. And so if you're Say say the word is it, it, one of the keywords is zeal. It's in the resume, and that's in in the job description, mm-hmm. and that's on the resume. Make sure zeal is at least three times. In the I mean, zeal is just not a word that comes. Like I just don't be out here throwing zeal around. Yeah, but I'm just <laughs> y'all heard that? Put zeal on your resume. See what happens. That's so funny, but I, I mean, it's true. And like, what I want to do is provide a well-rounded conversation around it because people do feel like recruiters are just not getting back to me or they're not effectively doing their jobs. But if I had 6,000 of anything to look at, child, let me just tell you, I'm going to look at the first one and the last one and decide on those two because <laughs> yeah, everything in the middle, I'm just not going to get to it. It is just not going to happen for me. So thank you for that tidbit to really focus in on those keywords and try to get through. I know you've been on LinkedIn since the dawn of time. So give us some more feedback on what we can be doing on LinkedIn to really make ourselves um, more appealing to recruiters, headhunters, and those who are hiring. Yeah, absolutely. And so, again, I love LinkedIn. They didn't pay me to say that, Mm -hmm. but I, I absolutely love LinkedIn. But number one, and it's really basic what I'm about to say, but make sure that your LinkedIn profile matches with your resume. Like mm-hmm. I've seen people who have submitted resumes and then you go to LinkedIn because that's what a recruiter should do. Mm-hmm. Automatically go to LinkedIn and it's completely different. I'm like, is this the same person? Like, did they send me the wrong resume? Mm-hmm. Make sure at minimum <laughs> it matches, right? Okay. If you can't, Pay for the premium subscription for LinkedIn. Child, it is high. I'm on a, I'm on a free trial right now. <laughs> That's free trial. It's free for that first month, right? That first 30 days at minimum is free. Mm-hmm. So use it to the best of your ability during those first 30 days because it is expensive. Mm-hmm. And cut it off after that. But then I think after six months or maybe seven months, or it might even be eight, I'm not sure, you get another like free trial. Well, so, hopefully y'all got a job before you need the next free trial. <laughs> but try to utilize that. that free Go trial. hard that first 30 days. Yep. Connect with all the hiring managers. You can reach out to them directly. Like It's totally, totally worth it. Also, away from LinkedIn, go to networking events. Mm-hmm. Because 
oftentimes, and I know you all have heard this, it's not what you know, but who you know. So make sure you are networking. You can network on LinkedIn, but also go to networking events. Don't shy away from that like I did first time I was laid off. I'm like, I don't want people asking me what I do for a living. Like right. go to networking events and talk to people. Um, ask to be introduced to people on LinkedIn. So if you see somebody that I'm connected to mm-hmm. on LinkedIn and they work for a company that you have applied to or you want to work for or you want to know more, ask me or ask somebody to introduce you to that person. Like, don't be shy about things like that. Right. And then the other thing I would say also that people tend to be shy about, and I have gotten away from this and I I need to go back to doing it myself, is asking for recommendations. Like, you've done great work. Mm -hmm. People know your work ethic. Ask Mm -hmm. your former colleagues, ask your former bosses, ask for recommendations so that they can put that on LinkedIn because recruiters look at all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's get to the bottom of this ghosting situation, okay? Because I'm here to ask what the people want to know. Like, what's good? <laughs> like, how do you think recruiters can really improve upon their communication with applicants? And when should we take that ghosting personally and be sending them a follow-up? Like, hey, what's up? What's good with the job? You didn't say nothing. I thought we had a thing. I thought we had a connection here. Right, right. We was about to get married. Right. <laughs> I thought it was a match. So first, let's let's talk. Mm-hmm. If I have applied for a job and I have not heard back from anybody after just applying for the job, or it could be three weeks from applying for the job, that's not ghosting. Like let's let's be real about that. That's not ghosting. Correct. Would it be nice to hear from somebody? Would it be nice to get the can thanks but no thanks letter? Mm-hmm. Yes, it would. Um, any dope recruiter would really send those thanks but no thanks letters to keep people engaged and interested and continue to build their pipeline, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what great recruiters do. But where I'm now, I've applied for the job, I have interviewed for the job, I may have gone through two rounds, three rounds of interviews, mm-hmm. and I haven't heard back from anybody. Yeah, no that's, that's when it's, yeah, that's, that's a problem. Ghosting. That's a problem. <laughs> that's ghosting. That's a problem. Or I have interviewed, I even got a verbal offer. Wow. And I don't hear anything. Like, I, I don't have my paper. Offer. Nah, I'm coming to your door. What's good? Because <laughs> you said we went together. Like, we breaking up? What's going on? Okay. And so now that we have broken that down, anything past that job applicant stage is, is those things. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that burns me up as a recruiter and any good recruiter that would burn them up to for several reasons. Me personally, because I it's happened to me right. several times. Mm-hmm. It's happened to me and I'm just like, who do these people think they are? Dude, don't they know I'm a recruiter? I know the system. Like, what is wrong with You gonna do that to me? Oh, <laughs> oh you must not know who I am. That's wild. <laughs> but the thing about where you, you asked about when should we take it personally, immediately if i reach back out to you okay so you haven't said anything to me you haven't given me feedback you haven't provided anything in terms of next steps Mm -hmm. and i take my time to craft a lovely email hey dana it's me stacy i just wanted to check in um see if you had any feedback what's going on blah 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 and i've sent you an email i've called you maybe i've sent a smoke signal and Mm -hmm. you ignore me Mm -hmm. that's a problem That's a problem. It's not a good feeling for that candidate. That candidate experience is now ruined. And what's going to happen is that candidate is now going to go tell their friend, their mama, their brother, right on Glassdoor, right on Indeed, about Mm -hmm. their candidate experience. Nobody's going to want to come and work for your company. That's facts. I have seen the interview process reviews for different companies and people who get ghosted by recruiters or do not have a good experience with those recruiters, they are going to lead a review. It's just like if you have a bad experience at a restaurant. Okay, I'm I'm trying to figure out how I can tell other people, don't eat here. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And and the thing about it is, if you want to, part of it is recruiters do it because they are scared to give the bad message. Like you can't be that recruiter, because it's not necessarily a bad message. It's just an uncomfortable message right. to tell someone they didn't get the job. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I hate this phrase, but I'm about to say it, you have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. 
people mm -hmm. in those situations because you can't leave people hanging wondering what's going on. Now they're getting discouraged. You, you can't do that to people. They are human beings. We are all human beings and we all have feelings. Mm -hmm. And so a good recruiter will reach back out. If you're, if you're at that interview stage and hey, things didn't go the way that it was anticipated. There's no offer coming. A good recruiter, any person who they have physically spoken to, corresponded with via email or physically phone, video, whatever, mm -hmm. that recruiter will then personally reach out to that person right mm -hmm. and say hey unfortunately we're moving forward with another candidate they don't have to get a reason they don't have to keep it very brief right. we're not moving forward um but please keep us in mind for anything in the future and that's how you start building your pipeline as a good recruiter because that candidate could be a great candidate but they're just not good for that role or you may have found somebody who has more experience for that particular role but just tell them yeah. Just tell them so they're not wondering what the heck is happening. Okay. So that brings to mind another question. So you're saying they should reach out and they should let you know that they decided to go with another candidate. Do you feel that it is a responsibility of a recruiter if somebody completely bombs an interview to provide some type of direction or mm -hmm. inspiration or future advice for that person or conversely if somebody does something really really like they have a dynamic interview do you think a recruiter should ever be in a position of hey like you were absolutely amazing this is the actual reason why we didn't hire you for the role it's a fine line mm -hmm. it's, it's a couple things it, and this is a very good question not all recruiters are created equal so let's let's put that up there mm -hmm. right you have some really good recruiters old school recruiters like myself who will do things like that but you have to be careful yeah too because we're in the world where people any any little thing that you say is yeah. a lawsuit it's a yeah problem. and so you have to be careful with things like that i have and i'll give you an example like i have and this is when i used to do in-person interviews when i was sitting in an office i have no intention of sitting in anybody's office ever again in my life mm -hmm. i work remotely but i was working in corporate America in an office and there was a young lady, she was very young. You could tell this was like one of her new, one of her first interviews. Okay. And she came in hair disheveled, mm. clothes disheveled. And I'm like, look, you are a reflection of me. And I felt comfortable saying this to her in, mm. in that setting, like you're a reflection of me. And I'm not going to put you in front of this hiring manager looking like that. So I went in my pocketbook, got little safety pins. Mm -hmm. So she could fix her shirt gave her my brush, she went to the bathroom, brushed her hair, and all was well. She put her hair back in a bun. Not everybody's going to do that. Yeah. Not everybody should do that. Right. You know, there, there are situations where you can and you can't. You have to be careful with that. Yeah. But if somebody asks you for specific feedback, hey, I, you know, I thought the interview went really well. Mm -hmm. Where did I go wrong? Please, don't don't lie to them. Mm -hmm. You know, give, give them a little bit of feedback, and you can not lie, but tell them exactly what most... <laughs> Most hiring managers, it's a whole nother podcast, but most hiring <laughs> managers will provide you that feedback. They'll either put it in the ATS system or they'll tell you directly, you know, what happened, why they decided not to go with this particular candidate. You can give them a little bit of that feedback so they can do better. Because what you don't want is for them to go into the next interview with the next employer and make the same mistake twice. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And I appreciate that you did that for that young lady. I'm sure that's something that has stuck with her throughout her career. And she probably shows up as her best self each and every time she gets an opportunity like that, because somebody like you took the time to show her the way. And absolutely, she's I, one of my mentees now. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. How's she doing? She's doing great. She, she's doing absolutely, but she's doing better than me. And that's, <laughs> that's all I want for anybody. <laughs> Come on now, better than you. That's amazing. All right. So I'd be remiss if I didn't finish this episode with us talking a little bit of DEI because that is your wheelhouse and so is it mine. Um, And then all the other things that you do, like you have a full-time job, but you also work for your daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who you quite busy. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. And in the meantime, audience, if you have any questions and would like to come up to the stage to talk to myself or my guests, please go ahead and raise your hand and we will get you up after this answer. Go ahead. Wait, so so we, what are we talking about? I'm sorry. We're talking about all the things that you do. You do DEI, you do CSR, and you work for your daughter. Tell them a little bit about what it's like working for your young child. Oh my gosh, she's people. She's six. She's six and she has her own company, Kennedy Books, and the goal for her company, Reed, stands for 
read everything and dream. Mm. And her goal is to encourage little kids to read, like just that. to read, pick up something and read. And this all started when she was three years old because she started reading at three mm-hmm. and just, it, it, it was <laughs> a sight to see. She's talking and she's reading and she's telling stories and mommy's typing. Wow. And so that's how her company came to be. That's how she published her two books. And now she's writing two more books actually on her own now. Wow. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. So she's booked and busy. Mm-hmm. She has a speaking engagement next week mm-hmm. um, at an elementary school for their book. She's going to read uh, one of her books and talk about how she started this company slash mommy, her assistant. She has a couple um, engagements where she will be a vendor. She's coming out with a Ken Read Books clothing line. Wow. And she is doing a holiday book drive as well. So more to come on that. Then, so I have her business. I have my own business (laughs) that I do on the side. Resumes on demand where I do my career coaching and resume writing. And then I have a full-time job as well that is absolutely amazing and I I, I love. So I'm booked and busy all the time. So when I tell people I'm tired, like it's just not like an understatement. Like, oh, I'm tired. No, I'm really tired. Yeah. What keeps you going? A lot of different things. Everything that I do for my kids, like everything that I do is for them. I want to lead by example and show them that you don't have to work for other people. Because I grew up from 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 the school of you go to college, you get a job, mm-hmm. and you work for people, and you do well, and you stay there for 10 years. Like, yeah. no, we don't live in that world anymore. Yeah. And so I need them to understand you could do for yourself, start your own company, be your own boss. Like she's a six-year-old CEO. You see the hashtag every time I post it, she's a six-year-old CEO and you could be your own CEO. And that's what I need them to understand. And that's why I do what I do. I just became a CEO at 36. So listen, (laughs) six-year-old CEO. I love that for her. I'm inspired by her. I still want somebody to pay me bi-weekly or every week if you're generous enough to do so. But I love that. Where can we find out more about her business and about your career coaching? Absolutely, absolutely. So she is on all social media channels. She's about to fire me though. So let me let oh, me try to leave. Wow. So that. you're gonna be hilariously unemployed by your child. Yes, because mommy does not like social media other than LinkedIn. And so it's very hard for me and challenging. And so any of you listeners who know of anybody who might want to be intern for Ken Read Books, please um, hit me up in my DMs because I, I'm just not- We got a job opportunity, y'all. I told you, we're trying to get somebody hired. The world. A couple hours a week, I, I just, I can't do it. It stresses me out to, to no end. And so yeah. for Kennedy, you can find her on kenreadbooks.net. Uh, Mm-hmm. That is her website and then all social media channels. For me, I am here on LinkedIn under Eustacia English. But I recently, yay, two weeks. It's been, listen, it's been three years since I wanted to create my business page on mm-hmm. LinkedIn, mm-hmm. Resumes on Demand. And I finally did it three years later. Mm-hmm. And so that is done. Um, there's also links on there to my website, resumes on slash demand.com okay. as well. Can we talk a little bit about that business page on LinkedIn? Again, audience, if you like to ask any questions of myself or my guests, because I'll just keep rolling, um, please raise, raise your hand and we'll get you up on the stage. But can we talk about how lackluster my business page on LinkedIn is and how um, much of a headache it is for me to even consider managing another page? Oh <laughs> can, we, can we talk about that? Because it's a problem. Like, I just, I don't like it. Again, now, You know, again, I love LinkedIn. They didn't pay me to say this, Mm -hmm. but the business portion, the business page, it's hard. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like that. I'm like, can't you just take everything I say good over here and put it over there? Like, why do I have to, to, to copy it to my, it's too much. It's too much. I'm going to try. I really am going to make a conscious effort to try, but I don't like it. For the people who are good at running their business pages only, I'm looking at mine right now. It's got four notifications. Child, I ain't been over there in a minute. Um, <laughs> I'm going to click it when we get off this call and see what I got going on over there. But anybody who is good at managing your actual business page Help on LinkedIn us. and has advice for us, we are all ears on that. All right. Again, audience, any questions, go ahead and raise your hands. We'll get you up to the stage. So in your experience, what's the most common misconception job seekers have about the hiring process? And how can we better navigate these challenges? It's a lot. <laughs> mm. 
it's a lot is the answer that I love and, and that's not the answer but I mean I mean it, but it is it, it truly is a lot like people think that all hiring processes are the same and mm-hmm. and how is that when all companies are not the same right yeah um you, you have to keep that in perspective people think that oh remember back in the, again here I go back in the day like, <laughs> Remember back in the day when people used to send thank you notes, like actual paper notes? Yeah. I can't do that anymore. No. They, I, I have one that I received three years ago. I keep it up on my, my poster board because I the person actually took the time to put a stamp on it and mail it, and it just meant so much. And I'm like, people don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then also people think that just because they got rejected from the job, they're not qualified for the position. And, and that is very discouraging. And that mm-hmm. is not always the case so I don't want people thinking oh my god I didn't get I got rejected six times I suck no you don't you don't that's just not the job for you yeah it's just not and so those are this girl it's a whole other podcast oh Oh, my god okay I'm here every Friday child um don't internalize that that rejection y'all as a person who is still hilariously unemployed and Again, I do a lot of jobs, but <laughs> I have not had an interview or even a phone call with anybody that I've applied to anything for. So just keep hope alive if that's what you want. Um, I don't think that your resume is what's going to get you a job. Resume is never going to get you a job. It's just a tool to get you through the door, period. Mm-hmm. You are going to get yourself the job. Absolutely. So you go to that interview and you kill it, be amazing, do that. But don't don't depend on your resume to get you the job. It's just going to get you past the ATS system. ATS systems. That's a whole other pod. A whole other podcast, girl. Yes. Let's get Stephanie up to the stage. Welcome, Hilary, to the stage. Unmute. Let's go. Hello. Hi. <laughs> still hilarious. Still unemployed over here. <laughs> but it's all good. So, Stacey, I loved hearing from you about the recruiter point of view. I thought that that was really important because I do think it's easy for all of us to get discouraged. Uh, And then I actually talked to a recruiter and she was telling me, so she reached out Mm -hmm. and the job didn't really fit kind of where where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do necessarily. Mm -hmm. So I, I asked her, I said, would you still like to meet? because I think that this might be at least an opportunity for us to get to know each other because she's a very big recruiting company. Mm-hmm. And she said, yes, absolutely. I wish more people would do that. Mm-hmm. So I think I just wanted to kind of pop on and give that suggestion to yeah. folks. Like, even if it's not the right fit, if that recruiter might be willing to meet with you yeah. and place you somewhere else. So she and I have been talking about all kinds of things that she's got going on in her world. And you never know that one conversation might end up leading to where you know the lucky company who lands me so i'm so glad that you brought that up because it's the truth not only that that piece that you just said but also like if recruiters are sending you notes about jobs in your inbox don't automatically decline it like engage in that conversation because you just don't know who they know where that next opportunity, they may create a new position that you qualify for. Keep the conversation going and build that network. That's so important. Yeah, that's that, exactly. Thank you. But yeah, so I wanted to say, I, I appreciate that you work for your young daughter, technically. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's adorable and I'm going to go free. check it yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, don't we all, don't we all? But yeah, I think that's, I think that's really fun. And you were, uh, yeah, I enjoyed your, your guest Thank your guest spot you. today and uh dana i'll see you next month Wait. yes you will hilarity thank you so much stephanie anybody else who would like to join us on stage go ahead and raise your hand in the meantime let me give you all some updates so guess what <laughs> swag is on the way so i do have some small pieces of swag that are available in my swag shop available in my link tree um that you can visit now but next week my shipment should be coming in of the hilariously unemployed hoodies because if you ain't got no job you need to have a hoodie on and it needs to say you hilariously unemployed (laughs) did we tell them we have our hoodies on today i'm in a blanket now at this point i got on an anime blanket draped across my shoulders like winter is coming because nobody can see me And that is why this audio, this event will continue to be on audio because 
I don't got it together every day, but when I do, I'll post pictures. (laughs) Is there anything else you would like to leave our audience with before we wrap up? Well, one, I want to give a quick shout out to the first person who joined today, Jen Washington, my colleague. Hey, girl. Hey, Jen. Thank you so much for joining. Jen is an absolute, you want to talk about absolutely dynamite recruiters? Hit Jen up. She's amazing. And she's hiring. Jen, what's good? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Jen is amazing. But what I will say, again, life is lifing. Mm -hmm. Finding a job is so hard. Like I have been there. I don't like looking for a job. It's, it's funny because I can easily do other people's resumes. I don't like updating mine. Like I just don't like mm-hmm. doing it, but mm-hmm. it's a necessary evil. Do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for things like this because it, it, it happens. Companies are going to go through what they go through, budget cuts, restructuring, downside, whatever you want to call it, they're going to go through it but be encouraged, continue to do your due diligence, research these companies, apply, network with people, don't stop doing it because it's it's only going to be to your benefit. Mm, Thank you so much for leaving us with that amazing message. Eustacia, I am so thankful and grateful that you joined us in the hilariously unemployed community. Consider yourself a hilarity. You are now a part of our family. I'm so honored. (laughs) Hey, hey, y'all, thank you for joining us again on another Friday. If you would like to support the Hilariously Unemployed podcast, you can continue to do so by joining us live or listening to us on podcast platforms when our episodes release over the weekend. Give your girl a five star. It really means a lot. Stream that thing. Share that thing. Tomorrow's actually International Podcast Day. So when you see me post my asset on social media, reshare that thing for me so we can get some more listenership. Again, if you ever like to sponsor me or the podcast, get into my DMs, okay? I'm accepting all credit, check, debit, however it's coming. I want your money. So you can always sponsor an episode of The Hilariously Unemployed. Uh, we love to have that. And I've gotten really good at doing my little commercials. I actually enjoy it and would love to do voiceover work. If anybody has any, please let me know. <laughs> Look out for those hoodies. You know, I'm going to drop that link as soon as they arrive. I want to thank y'all, Hilariously Unemployed community and all my hilarious out there. Keep up the faith. Your next opportunity is on the horizon. Have an amazing weekend. Bye. Bye. You're amazing, Dana. Love you. Thank you. Love you back.